Will we have enough primary care physicians to meet demand? Do we now? Today on The Pulse, we take a look at how we are preparing the next generation of primary care providers. This is the Yukon Health Pulse, a podcast to help you get to know Yukon Health and its people a little better, and hopefully leave you with some health information you'll find useful. I'm Chris DeFrancesco. Now, we've been hearing about an upcoming primary care physician shortage for years. Some might say we're already there. But what is Yukon Health, which exists in part to produce physicians, a full range of clinical providers actually, what's Yukon Health doing to address this attrition? Today we have a man who's been in the trenches with the trainees for decades, Dr. Bruce Gould, now Yukon School of Medicine Professor Emeritus, founding Associate Dean for Primary Care, and founding director of the Connecticut Area Health Education Center. Welcome, Dr. Gould. Thank you, Chris, for having me. We brought you in because you have a, a body of work that gives you a terrific perspective on many aspects of primary care and, and training tomorrow's physicians. Now, you retired from the full-time faculty in June, but are still very much involved, not only with the students, but in the city of Hartford. Uh, so tell us first what retirement looks like for you, because I suspect you're not exactly putting in a lot of time in the hammock. Well, I do have more time on my hands, so I have been uh, doing gardening and those types of things, as well as spending more time with my family. But I am still the pro bono medical director for the Department of Health and Human Services in Hartford, Connecticut. I'm still the chief medical officer for the Community Health Center Association of Connecticut, the federally qualified health centers in the state. And I'm still out there working with our students, doing screening in the inner city um, and in some rural areas, and then um, basically doing whatever I'm called upon to do to try and increase access to care and screening and education for those that uh, have the least access to those things. The access to care is one of the things I wanted to cover with you today, in addition to what we're looking at for the, kind of the outlook on primary care. So let's start with the outlook on primary care. Um, one of the challenges I think that you and I have talked about over the years is getting students to consider primary care, creating an environment that encourages or nurtures that choice. But there are some challenges associated with that. Why do does someone choose a certain career? And it, it starts perhaps preconception, if not in the womb. We all get all sorts of inputs, et cetera, and clearly in our society in America, a lot of what you get over the airwaves, television, streaming, et cetera, is not necessarily primary care and public health. It's more subspecialties, et cetera, and so often students come to us with a little bit more of a spin toward those subspecialties. And part, certainly as Associate Dean for Primary Care and with my colleagues in primary care across UConn and then the community physicians that work with us in our curriculum, it's to try and really put our best foot forward and give students that sense of primary care as the foundation of a functional healthcare system. There are lots of inputs that someone uses, and we all know that clearly the indebtedness of medical students yep. and other health profession students as they embark on a career, will they ever be able to pay back their loans? Primary care is remunerated, is paid, a primary care physician, clinician, PA, whatever it might be, mm. at really a fraction of what a subspecialist might get. And so that's something that certainly the healthcare system seems to be slowly addressing with increasing uh, salaries. 
but also we can advocate, but it's not something that necessarily we here at UConn can single-handedly address. The other issues are role modeling and really giving students that global view of the role of primary care. And I really add public health because as a primary care clinician, even if it's just for my practice, I'm actually looking at outcomes of care, well-being, and really the public health, the public good of the community that I serve. And so trying to both select students at the get-go that have more of a history or an interest in that view of healthcare delivery, but then also hopefully trying to continually improve our culture, our environment, making it more nurturing to any student and to having them pursue their own wants and desires and what will make them happy in the long run is really what we should be aiming for here at UConn. The student experience at the UConn School of Medicine and dental medicine and nursing and social work <laughs> and, and um, allied health and all, all the different aspects that UConn educates the next generation of people who are involved in delivering health care. It's, it's set up in such a way, a lot of it having to do with some of your involvement with the Connecticut AHEC and Urban Service Track and some of those other types of programs to really expose these students to real-life patient care and dealing with some real-life aspects that might not necessarily show up in the traditional <coughs> healthcare education formal setting, but in the, in the experience in the community and dealing with the underserved. So talk a little bit about the importance of that perspective when a student is making his or her way to becoming a physician. I mean, from my view, and again, I have been really out of medical, in medical school and then through probably for 47 years. So I am, you know, have been around the block a few times. And one gets a sense of what is important to the overall well-being of populations and communities. And I think that's what we're really trying to impart to students is a more global view of the role of a clinician, a physician, dentist, nurse, pharmacist, whatever it might be, in trying to improve outcomes for all populations. And that's our hope, I think, for our students. And the impact that we as faculty might have is that those students, wherever they may land, no matter whether it's an affluent community or a poor community in a community health center, wherever they are, they're going to sort of realize that if they scratch the surface, they're going to find populations and subpopulations within those communities in which they're living that have little or no access to care. And we're hoping that we will have imparted the motivation to try and meet some of those needs. What I especially recall from before the pandemic that you, you and I would cross paths a number of years doing this, the Migrant Farm Worker Clinic, which right. was an example of finding a population that otherwise might not have access to basic care or preventive care, and also showing the different elements of delivery of care, not just a physician, but a physician and a nurse and a dentist and the interprofessionality of it, which is another big right. thing in how we train students here. Well, you know, AHEC has been an incredible opportunity and vehicle for me over, you know, we started the, the latest iteration in 1996, 97. It's a pipeline program funded by the federal government, authorized by Congress in 1971, really focusing at first on rural populations and access and quality of care, and then expanding to urban. And we have a very robust system 
you know, that evolved again, 96, 97, with the first grant that we received from the feds, and really is all about exposing students, whether it is junior high, high school, or up to health professions, and then even into practicing physicians, clinicians, social workers, et cetera, to both interprofessional team-based care, as well as care of underserved populations. And we do a whole bunch of stuff. We have our urban service track, where students from the schools of medicine, nursing, pharmacy, dental medicine, social work, and the Quinnipiac PA program all study and learn together, often in a retreat format, formally, four retreats a year, focusing through the lens of different underserved populations, whether it's HIV populations or elders or children or veterans, et cetera, about how to care for those populations. We often invite in teams, primary care teams that are actually caring for those populations real time. You know, the VA from West Haven brings its whole primary care team and veterans mm. into work with our students. But it goes beyond that. They learn about it in those retreats, but then we sponsor about 80 events a year out in the community, whether it is migrant farm worker or whether, you know, we were just Friday night in Keeney Park with the Keeney Park Sustainability Project, Urban Ecology and Wellness Center, doing screenings for diabetes, hypertension, education around uh, diet, et cetera, with those community groups. And then Saturday morning, we were out doing door-to-door vaccination in Hartford with the Hartford Department of Health, actually going into the north end of Hartford, cold knocking on doors and saying, hi, we're here from the health department, and we're here to just answer any questions you might have about COVID. And by the way, are you vaccinated? Are you boosted? And if somebody wasn't, what are your concerns about it? And if we've answered those concerns, might you be willing to be vaccinated because we have the vaccine with us right now? So we spent the morning actually vaccinating people on their doorsteps in the north end of Hartford. And that's incredibly fulfilling. It's role modeling. We had probably three physicians. We had a doctor of pharmacy. We had faculty from the School of Nursing, et cetera. We had visiting nurses with us. It was an amazing interprofessional experience around healthcare delivery and outreach. And uh, we did a lot of talking and sort of huddling with the students so they wouldn't walk away with just, oh, great, we went out and gave a bunch of shots. But rather, we understand the context of what is community, that the community is not just who comes into your waiting room or your exam room, but the community is actually who lives in the total catchment that that practice might be serving going forward wherever you land. And that's the message we hope they're taking, that no matter what they go into, whether it's primary care or a subspecialty, whether it's medicine or nursing or pharmacy or whatever, that their responsibility is not just to those sitting in front of them paying them for that service, but for all the other members of the community that may never have access to care to at least try to provide some of that access and to advocate for equity in our healthcare system. That's a great summary, Dr. Gould. And I think anybody who has any doubt about the value that UConn Health delivers to the public that you really can't measure, that you can't quantify in terms of dollars. I mean, go back and listen to the, like, the last three minutes of this conversation because there's no question of the value that anyone can objectively look at it in a way that you can't measure with numbers, but it's so important. And 
I congratulate you for the work that you've been doing in that, and you know, uh, that's it, fantastic. It truly is a win-win-win-win, and I think one of the most incredible lessons to the students is to go out into neighborhoods in which they have never been, mm-hmm. probably, and the response from folks answering their doors is at first surprise that, you know, who are you in white coats and stethoscopes at our doorstep at 9 o'clock on a Saturday morning? But also this, you know, heartfelt, and it really touched me, is that, that folks are just saying, gee, I, I, the fact that anyone cares, that they're surprised that the health department is physically there, that physicians and nurses and pharmacists on a Saturday morning are knocking on their doors to make sure they're okay is just such of a beginning of a relationship with the community that I think will bear fruit going forward. Based on your experience in your multiple roles over the years, many of which you still currently hold, what kind of outlook do you have on the future of primary care medicine, just kind of globally? You know, I, I think it's clear if one looks internationally that healthcare systems in the world where primary care is the broad base of their healthcare delivery system and that all the other functions and subspecialties are sort of almost like a pyramid going forward and above that tend to get much better outcomes. The U.S. healthcare system is, is really rated at the bottom of healthcare systems internationally amongst industrialized nations. And I think reforming our healthcare system, and it certainly is not something that I or UConn can do alone, but we're working toward that, to build a broader foundation of primary care for healthcare and public health delivery. And then moving forward, making sure that everyone has access to that by looking at the economics and national health insurance or other ways of funding that is, is really going to be primary to making, you know, assuring that there's access to care and really access to outcomes and well-being for everyone that lives in, in the United States going forward. We have covered quite a bit here with Dr. Bruce Gould, Associate Dean Emeritus for Primary Care from the Yukon School of Medicine, Founding Associate Dean for Primary Care from the Yukon School of Medicine, Founding Director of the Connecticut Area Health Education Center. We're going to put the links of all the things that you heard Dr. Gould reference in the notes of the show so you can click and learn more about them. But that is our time for today. Dr. Gould, thank you so much for joining us. A real pleasure, Chris. Thank you for having me. And for Dr. Bruce Gould, I'm Chris DeFrancesco. Thank you for listening to the Yukon Health Pulse. Now be sure to subscribe so you can catch us next time and please share with a friend. Mm-hmm.